It's really a blessing to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. How blessed we are to be able to open up God's Word and share with you over the airways all of those rich teachings. We try to get across from time to time how the Bible is just filled with information and encouragement, instruction, guidelines, hope, promises, blessings. And at the same time, there are some corrections and some warnings and even some rebukes and chastisement. But all of them are put there for our good, for our learning, for our our instruction to give us the opportunity to live the best life that a human being could possibly live with the greatest hope and the greatest expectation and the greatest promise to look forward to. And of course that is eternal life with God in heaven. We hope that as you study with us from day to day on this program, Search the Scriptures, that you are learning more and more of God's Word. That is so vital because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 16, uh, verse 17. And we hope that you are growing in that knowledge and your faith is growing stronger as a result. And we hope that you're coming closer and closer to God and that you're going to be able to make the right decision about following him his way. We do care about you. We pray about you. We pray for you diligently. We really do. It's great to be with my brothers here today to study with you. Dwayne Kennedy, Dennis Stackhouse. Dwayne, good to be with you, brother. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be on the program with you as well. You know, Gary, you made a good point about how we as Christians live the best life. In fact, the Christian life is the best life that a man or woman can live. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we will always have the best things of this world. It doesn't mean that we're going to have the easiest time in this life necessary. But what it does mean is that we can boldly approach God's throne, as we looked at last week in our lesson last time. Uh, But we can also Know that our salvation is secure if we are walking in the will of God and living the life that the Bible teaches us to live. And that is what we are striving for here on Search the Scriptures. Glad you are listening today. It's also good to be here with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Duane and Gary. I am certainly delighted to be with you both today on the program, as always. And I'd like to add my word of welcome to those who are listening. We're certainly pleased that you've tuned in to search the scriptures today. And <clears throat> boy, you know, sometimes as we're doing these programs, I think uh, we need more time. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, God's word is so full of instruction. And uh, you know, you talked a little bit about that, Gary, in your introduction, how we have these grand promises and assurances, but we also have warnings, we have rebukes, We have passages that correct us when we've gone astray. But you know, all of it is designed to make the man of God complete. As we're told in 2 Timothy verses, uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It's designed to make us complete. So don't get discouraged if you think the Bible is too large. Just keep reading, keep digesting, keep trying to understand it because it's there for your learning, it's there for your benefit, it's there to make you complete. To help you along the way. 
and to give you that assurance that you can leave this life victorious. Yes, indeed. That's right. Spiritually. Amen. In fact, we're talking about passages of scripture from the Bible in this particular series of study. We're actually looking at verses to live by, aren't we? Mm, indeed. Yes. Now, I guess we could go on and on and on with this particular study because there are so many verses that kind of jump out at us if we just look at them a little bit and say, wow, that really is good. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's all good. Yes. But there are some particular passages that we seem to get really good personal instruction from. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at just a smattering of those in this particular line of study. But we've really looked at some good ones, haven't we? Yes, sure have. We've covered a lot of things that are important to our salvation. Warnings from the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. uh, encouragement, promises from both the Old Testament and New Testament. Mm -hmm. Moses, you know, warning the tribes of Reuben and Gad, stay true to your commitment for if you don't, your sins will find you out. Mm-hmm. Numbers chapter 32 and verse 23. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. And we need to actively seek the Lord's blessings upon our daily life. Number 6, 24 through 26. Fear God and keep his commandments. Mm-hmm. For this is man's all. Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14. Walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, verse 8. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, the necessities of life he's talking about there, shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33 and 34. It's interesting, he also says in verse 34, uh, don't get all anxious about things in this life. (laughs) Right. Yes, he's basically instructing his listeners to not borrow on tomorrow's troubles. Yes, yes. Each day has enough evil of its own, our Lord said. Yes. Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Paul concludes. And in yesterday's program, we were looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, where Paul gives us that short, concise instruction and admonition that is so long on promise, isn't it? Yes. Pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Pray without ceasing. Well, let's turn to another passage here, another one of these verses to live by. And that is Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. How about reading that for us, Duane? Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, we don't know for sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. No. A lot of conjecture that it was the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. And certainly there are some similarities to some of the things that we find in Hebrews that we find in others' books of the Bible that we know that Paul wrote. But there are also some differences. And, and, you know, we just don't know. And... uh, the writer does not, did not pen his name to this particular book. Right. But it is, it is really deep in its teaching. And it's showing the superiority of Christ over 
Moses, Christianity over the law of Moses, the superiority of Christ over angels and so on. And people were having problems with those things right. when this book was written. Now, we might think, a lot of us might think the writer quit teaching and preaching in chapter 13 and verse 5 and went to meddling. <laughs> because he's talking about our attitude toward our money and our material possessions. Mm -hmm. So he says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Now, really, though, when you look at that particular passage of Scripture, he is hitting the nail right on the head and he is speaking on such a relative basis for everybody in our society right now. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. So many people struggle with the wrong view, or maybe I should say a wrong view, of money and material possessions. Really struggle. We all think about it. Where's my money going to come from? And where am I going to, where am I going to get it? What am I going to do with it? It's a daily occupation of our minds. And you know, for so many people, they tie satisfaction, happiness, and fulfillment in life to getting more money. Yes. Mm -hmm. If I could just have this job that pays this amount, or if I could just huh, win the lottery, <laughs> you know, or if I could get that one game piece from McDonald's that six million other people are wanting to get, you know, and I could win that, that particular game, I'd just be set for life, wouldn't I? Or with others, if I could just go to the casino and have a night like this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Strike it big. Yeah. And so much of their focus is on money and material possessions. If I could get that new car, if I could get this bigger house, if I could get that particular dress, that pair of shoes, that suit, those jeans. How many teenagers, and we've, we've all heard of this and read of it in recent years, how many teenagers have committed acts of violence and even murder on other teens just to get their tennis shoes because they had the right label on them? Right. Now that's sad, brothers. It is. Very. And yet that is the reality of our day. Yeah, and so unfortunate. Uh, a letter that we know Paul wrote, 1 Timothy, in chapter 6, there's a passage that speaks to this pretty clearly. It certainly does. And again, it's maybe what we would consider to be meddling, but it's great <laughs> instruction. Uh, verses 6 through 8, he said, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Boy, how much we need to understand that. Yes. He goes on in verse 7. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Boy, how often should we be reminded of that fact? 
And we came into this world with nothing. And no matter how much we accumulate in terms of this world's goods, we're not going to take it with us. We're going to leave it behind. You know, I've often said I've never seen a hearse pull a U-Haul. And I don't think I will. We can't take it with us. And then in verse 8, what a clincher this is. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. That idea of contentment is, uh, that, that is a, a state of mind that eludes so many people today. Right. It certainly does. And so much of the time, it is because they have tied their happiness, as we said, and their satisfaction in life to money mm-hmm. and things money could buy. Mm-hmm. Go on and read verse 9 there, too. 9 and 10, actually. Yeah. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now that is a rather more wordy version Mm -hmm. of what we read back in Hebrews 13 and verse 5. Mm-hmm. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Mm-hmm. And the idea of covetousness is greed, in, greed mm-hmm. bottom line, mm-hmm. succinctly put. Now, inordinate desire, mm-hmm. you know, ungodly desire, we yes. could say. Yeah, greed is just an excellent one-word synonym. Which is an insatiable desire to do something or have something, even if it's wrong or causes us to sin. Yes, it doesn't have to be money. Right. It can be other things as well. That's exactly right, Dwayne. Yeah. When somebody becomes so obsessed with gaining more that that becomes the primary driving force in their lives, let me tell you one thing that's going to result. They're going to be unhappy. Sure. And they're going to be unfulfilled. They will not mm-hmm. be able to satisfy that. That's right. Mm-hmm. And even if they get whatever that is that they're driving for, their whatever degree of happiness or satisfaction that they derive from that, I would suggest to you, will be fleeting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's not what life is all about. That's not where real happiness and fulfillment is found. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Now here, Jesus tries to get across the basic principle behind why we should not get all caught up in and all focused on just this quest for obtaining and accumulating more. How does that read, Dennis? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if that is the most important thing in your life, then that's where your life is going to be. Right. That's right. That's your focus. That's it. Mm -hmm. 
So if your main focus is on getting more money, accumulating more wealth, buying more things, storing up more objects, then your focus is not going to be on living a godly, faithful life. Mm -hmm. Your focus is not going to be primarily on getting to heaven mm -hmm. and your eternal salvation. So you get all that stuff. However many years it takes you, requires to, to uh, accumulate it. And now you're older and you're facing the reality of the end of your physical life. Now what? Mm -hmm. It's as you said, Dennis, you can't start packing it in a U-Haul. No. You hope to carry it with you. Can't take it. No. And you know, God himself asked that question of a farmer. Yes. In uh, an account that Jesus told in Luke's gospel. And the farmer had the idea that he was so prosperous, he was going to build bigger barns to store all of his crops and his goods. And then he was just going to take it easy, kind of right. kick back, eat and drink and be merry, so to speak. You know, and God came to him that night and said, you know, whose are these things going to be now? Because that life, or that night rather, his life was taken. And all of us ultimately are going to face that reality. Yes. One day, every single one of us, unless the Lord comes again first, we're going to cross that threshold beyond which we're going to be living the last day of our life. Now, if all we've got to prepare for that last day is money and things, then we are woefully unprepared. Yes, that's right. Woefully unprepared. You know, going back to 1 Timothy chapter 6 again, we uh, could read one more passage there. Well, in fact, we could read uh, about three more passages, one more text, and that is verses 17 through 19. Dwight, how about reading those for us? Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now that is really quite parallel to what we just read from Jesus in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. That's right. Mm -hmm. Make sure we keep our focus right. And those who are rich in this present age, now let me expand that a little bit in principle. Those who want to be rich in this present age, mm -hmm. don't be haughty. Don't trust primarily in your riches. Now he even uses the word uncertain there before riches, uncertain riches, but trust in God. That's where your real security lies. Right. He blesses us with every good thing to begin with, doesn't he? That we have. Yes, James 1 verse 17 tells us that. Absolutely. So if we really are rich or we want to be rich, those things are secondary. Do good. Be rich in good works. 
store up for yourselves by your service to God a good foundation for that final day of judgment for eternity that you may be assured of your eternal life. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you could buy your way into heaven. Right. No. It just means keep everything in proper perspective. Mm-hmm. And whatever blessings God has blessed you with, use those to his glory and in his service. Right. Mm-hmm. We do not want the things that we desire most in this life, the blessings or whatever it might be, to keep us from eternal life. And you know, Dwayne and Dennis, one more point of caution. We, we, use that, we, we read that word earlier in Hebrews 13 and verse 5 where it says uh, about covetousness. Don't be covetous. Mm-hmm. Don't covet. You know. um, there are so many people who they might say, well, I, I, I don't really, I don't covet. I'm not greedy for those people's wealth. But they resent profoundly other people who do have wealth. Yes. Mm-hmm who have more than they have, resent it profoundly, that is ungodly also. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Now, sometimes people gain their material uh, wealth and possessions in an ungodly fashion, but that's on their head. Mm-hmm. They'll answer for that themselves. Yes. Some people, though, they gain it by hard work. Mm-hmm. Yes. They put themselves to the task mm-hmm. and they earn whatever that is that they have accumulated. Mm-hmm. Don't resent people who have more than you have. Mm-hmm. If you do, you're ungodly. Mm-hmm. And somebody, you know, we, we, just, we so often portray the picture of somebody who is prominent and wealthy and well-connected arrogantly looking down their nose on a poor person. Right. Well, let me tell you, there are a whole lot of people who are on the poorer side who are just as arrogant Mm -hmm. in looking down their nose at people who have a lot of money Mm -hmm. and a lot of things because they resent it so much. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing uh, that relates to this, Gary, that perhaps we don't always give the consideration we should, is the fact that when Christian people have become prosperous, and more than likely through hard work, they can be a real blessing. Yes, they can. Absolutely. You know, and we don't always, or maybe very seldom, consider that fact. Yeah. You know, they may be conforming to what we read there in verses 17 through 19 of 1 Timothy 6. They may be willing to share with those who are in need. Yes. They may be doing those good works and be ready to do it. They may be producing that foundation in their lives for the time to come so that they can lay hold on eternal life because of the way that they're using that wealth they've accumulated. We need to thank God for people like that. That's yes. right. We need yes. wealthy people in the church, and wealthy people want to be Christians too. They want to go to mm-hmm. heaven, and there are some who are doing that, living yes. that way. That's right. Now, there are some caught up in their wealth, mm-hmm. and they've got the wrong perspective on it, mm-hmm. but there are others who are doing exactly as you say, Dennis. Mm-hmm. They're using it to the glory of God. Exactly. Right. Now, again, 
We need to not be haughty. We need to not be arrogant. We need to not be resentful of people just because they have more than we've got. Mm -hmm. There's no particular virtue in being poor. Being poor does not make one righteous, Mm -hmm. nor does being wealthy. Mm -hmm. Use what God blesses you with to his glory. Our time is up. We've got to stop here. We'd love to send you that free Bible study we always offer. It is free. We'll take care of the postage. And you can study from right from God's word on your own how you can walk with God faithfully and be assured of the eternal reward of heaven itself. Why don't you contact us right now?